I pledge myself to the pod. Loyal I'll always be. A P to start, a D at the end, and an O sitting in between. Welcome back to you in Omnia Paratus. I'm Jay, like the letter. And I'm Angela, also known as AVO. We are two friends diving into our past and present, evaluating if we were ever truly ready for anything. We'll discuss all things from the definition of dating to all the things school didn't prepare us for. Listen as we talk about career changes, give plenty of unsolicited opinions, and work on becoming the people we want to see in the world. Welcome back, everyone. Jay, how are you doing? I apologize that this is a bit fast. This is just the third time today I've had to record that new intro. I know. I feel like at this point, we might have to release the audio if it ever gets recovered as like a blooper reel or something. All right. We had some, we had some nice little banter going here, but I think at this point, it might be best if we just jump right into the meat of our topic. How do you feel about that? Let's hear your pitch to be the next Dateline host. Okay. So as you can all probably guess from our episode title today, we're talking about dating, which is one of my favorite topics. There are a few things I relish more than discussing this, but Jay is actually quite aloof when it comes to this subject. So this is the first time we are really ever discussing Jay's dating life in depth. So now, as I prepare to live out my Rory Gilmore-esque journalistic fantasy, I am presenting a feature exclusive, never before reported on story, we like to call Datathon. In October of 2020, Jay, like the letter, embarked on a round of serious swiping in her preferred dating app of the moment. After several weeks of carefully nonchalant witticisms and a modicum of intriguing questions, Jay accepted not one, but seven dates to create her very own courting season to rival that of Marina Thompson. Over the next hour, we will hear tales of a dinner, a brunch, several coffee hangouts, and many socially distanced walks. I'm here to bring you the story behind the outfits, the shoes, reaching for the check, masks, personal, and COVID-19 safety, and the dating pool as it relates to millennial cisgender men. By the end of this episode, we'll see if the first date fireworks sparkled or smoldered. So please sit back and enjoy this episode of Dateline, J-A-E. You really should have been a journalism major. I know. I actually really wanted that at one point in like middle school and high school. So I really don't know what happened. You realized you don't like speaking in public? Probably that. Although I don't know. It's it's nice when nobody has to look at me like right now. So maybe I was always meant for radio or podcasting. Yeah. As soon as we take a camera to take a picture, you look like a deer in headlights. Oh my god. I actually just had to take a photo for my work bio and my mom said the same thing. Like she was laughing so hard while she was taking my picture. She had to take like 200 of them. Is the photo up? I think so. Nice. I know. We we can look at it later and laugh at it. Uh, okay. So before we really launch into our topic here, I feel like I do need to include a brief disclaimer. Uh, as we've been encouraging everyone to really stay at home and avoid unnecessary outings or hangouts, we would like everyone to know that uh, when this happened last October, California COVID cases were at a very low point, and Jay and her suitors took all the precautions that they could to make sure that they were safe during these dates. We'll get more into it as the questions move on, and we're going to talk about the precautions that Jay took and what dating is like right now with COVID-19, but we just wanted to put that out there up front. You are not on the website yet. Oh, thank God. Maybe there's time for me to retake that picture. You will also be the only non-white male on this website. I believe that is true. I can't say that for certain, but I believe that is true. I mean, unless they're adding any new photos, you're the only non-white male. Got it. They're trying to hit all the diversity boxes in one go. Oh my gosh. I actually, um, oh, okay. So this is actually a question I had for later, but maybe we'll just start with this. Um, because you've been on dating apps more recently than I have. Do they now have a multiracial feature? No. Oh, okay. You can pick multiple races out, but there's no option for half this, half that, or to select multiple options. I believe you can select other. Okay. So so you you couldn't choose like Jewish and Chinese. I could select both, but it doesn't mean the person is both. It's the person is either or. But goodness, if someone comes up with an app for like mixed race people, I will join. Because I think mixed race people are very attractive. I think mixed race either goes very, very well. And I think most cases it does or really poorly. But I think it's a much 
lower chance. But I think mixed people are the prettiest because then they get features from both sides. My cousins, cousins on the other side of the family are half Japanese, half Mexican. And they get, they tan their Latin side, but they have like beautiful, thick, dark, traditionally Asian hair. Their eyes are not super round, but not super almond either. So I think mixed race people are the best. Okay. Yeah. Like some some of my cousins like fit that description as well. And it's just, it's, it's so interesting. Like when you just look at your family and how different things play out. Like yesterday I was looking at my parents and I'm like, whose nose do I have here? Mm-hmm. Spoiler. I think we settled on my dad's nose because it, it look, my nose looks similar to my mom's, but it looks more like his. It's the size of your mom's with the looks of your dad's. Yes. Good job. You're welcome. Okay, but no. So like there's no option for you to choose like that you are multiracial. Correct. Currently within dating apps. That's where I think the other choice comes in. Well, that's lame. I don't like choosing other. Make your own dating app. I I know. I might have to. If there are any um, engineers listening, hit me up. We can collaborate on an app. It'll be like swiped. (laughs) I don't think that's the standard you want to set. App was literally meant for hit it and quit it. No, no, no. The good one at the end that he created for the sorority girls. The original one was like made for hit it and quit it. Like, I don't want to know your name. I don't want to know anything. I know you want to hook up tonight like I do. And then we never speak again. Okay. All right. Disclaimer. I'm not looking for that app. I'm looking for the one (laughs) at the end of the movie. Most people won't make it to the end of the movie. I. Oh my God. I know. I I only kept with it because it was a Noah Centineo movie. Okay. All right. I, f- I feel like, okay, we've we've been distracted enough this morning. First question, Jay. Oh, shoot. I left my notes. Hold on. And I have my notes. Sorry, did I shout at you? Well, that, that it's fine. My bad. Okay. Jay, I feel like we can't re- truly start this conversation until we've established what are the nicknames that you've assigned to the seven suitors of Datathon? Okay. I have to pull this up because I don't really remember. Will I get to, am I just giving the names or do I need to give a context for why they got the name now? Uh, context would be preferred. Thank you. Okay. So the first one we have is Wall Street. He worked or works currently in investment banking and finance, I believe, yet he refused to tell me which bank he worked for. So I was like, okay. Fine. Then there's Needy. I was going to try to go with a dwarf theme, but I'm assuming we don't need to go much further than we nicknamed him Needy. (laughs) Then we have Cheap, who similarly, again, with the dwarf theme, did not tip. And that's about all we really need to know about him. But I'm sure we'll go into more depth. Um, Then there's Sweetie. Good smile, sweet guy, but more of like an aww than a I want to like date you. Then we have Chef who all we really did was send food pictures and or recipes back and forth. And then there's Tesla. He had a Tesla and worked for Apple. I feel like those (laughs) things are synonymous, honestly. Basically, especially here in the Bay Area. Yeah. Okay. So how did you end up picking these guys? Um, so I was trying to go off something my therapist told me, which is like, would you make out with them? And kind of just trying to go off that. But the thing that I kind of did, which probably wasn't part of like the implication was like, I said, like, would I make out with them after like a few drinks? Oh. So I might have been a little bit looser with the physicality and attraction than I would have otherwise. Because I was thinking back to our fraternity days, thinking of it in like a dark party and like, after a few drinks, like, would I have made out with some of them? Most of them. Got it. Probably. So the standard, I was a little bit lower. Kind of like the two at 10, but the 10 at two kind of thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> not all of them. And it's like, these aren't, I mean, Angela, you've seen them. They're not, they were, none of them were super unattractive. They weren't what I am slightly ashamed to acknowledge I really want physically in a partner and that's very hard for me to admit because I never wanted it to come off as superficial or shallow or I'm dating based off looks but kind of after this experience I'm learning that there does need to be a higher percent put on that than I was willing to admit and that doesn't make me a bad person for it. Correct. That's it just goes to the whole thing of like if everyone was attracted to everyone, like how would you really know what you liked? Like it's just acknowledging like what what you're attracted to and that's okay. 
Yes. And this isn't just like, oh, only people over six foot or only this. It's just like there are certain things that I feel I try to give more leniency to. To me, I equate like meeting someone on a dating app, like someone bumping into you at a coffee shop. And that's the only impression you get. And I feel like you can bump in, I mean, not now, obviously, but previously you could bump into a whole bunch of people at a coffee shop who you could meet, fall in love with, could make a good friendship with, could connect with, but they're not given the opportunity to make that impression. So I try to swipe according to who is either interesting enough that I'd like to try to have a conversation with or who physically I think I'd like to date. But frankly, the physicality also didn't go out the window, but was definitely something different in the times of COVID when half of their face was covered during the majority of these dates, the majority of the time. Right. Okay. What was that like even just getting to meet them in first impressions? Did you ever have trouble finding someone? No, I was able to find them all. The thing that was funny. So the first date I had was with Wall Street. We got ice cream. And it was very evident that like when he saw me, like he went in almost for a hug and then realized like, oh, COVID. So it's a very awkward interaction because normally like you go in just for like not a side hug, but you go in for just like a hug, like hi, like break the tension, break the ice, some sort of physical contact, a handshake, a high five, something. And you can tell that everyone doesn't really understand what to do and everyone doesn't want to come off as not being COVID safe, being aware of everything. So it was definitely an experience of kind of like, Also, and not to minimize anything, but with the Me Too movement, I know I've heard feedback from a lot of guys. Some do take it too far, but it is a stranger time trying to date women and trying to make sure they're showing the correct amount of physical interest while not interfering with someone's boundaries. I agree. I think that, I don't know, did you ever try to make the first move when you first met someone to show them like what level of like physical contact you were okay with? Or did you just stay six feet apart? No. Um, we stayed six feet apart most of the time. Sometimes when I was walking, it was closer, but masks were on. I think if your mask is off, you're at least six to seven feet apart. And since ideally most of the men I was swiping on were between five, ten, and six one, I could just like lie them down and I kind of <laughs> tried to drag it from there. Nice. Or imagine a really big basketball player. Exactly. Like I kind of like asked after if there was food or coffee consumption, like, do you want to leave masks off and stay apart? Or do you want to like go on a walk or something? So I kind of let them pick a bit. I just made it very clear, like even before the dates, like I'm very not uncomfortable dating, but I take these precautions very seriously. But at the same time, I don't want to let a whole year go by without dating just because I do want a family. I do want certain things. And I currently don't have good health insurance to cover an egg freezing. So I want to just try to meet people now and then kind of also narrow down likes, dislikes, red flags, things that Mm -hmm. you don't know that you don't want until you do it. Until you meet someone like that. Like there are certain traits where you just don't think about it until you're on a date with someone. They're like, oh, like this is really important to me. Like this wasn't a make or break moment, but one of the guys, he's like, I really want an aquarium. He isn't, sorry, he didn't want an aquarium. He wanted like, he wanted like a tropical fish pond, like wherever he settles. Like he's really into tropical fish. Oh, okay. Which isn't a, it's not a deal breaker, but it's just something like, that's not something everyone would want in their future million dollar home. That is true. Like, was he thinking like full on like aquarium wall or does he want like a built in backyard unit? No, he wants like the ponds because he's very into like the conservation of tropical fish. So it's like he needs like he's like talking about 200 like gallons of water. Oh, like a pool for these fish. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay. All right. So we've established how we've picked them. So as we're calling this datathon, these all took place in one week. They did. So, okay, logistically, I'm fully intrigued as to how this setup worked. Like, did you have to lead them into this? Like, did you really call the shots when planning the dates? Like, who asked who for what? I was asked out on all the dates, not like a flex, but like I just was. I, I'm not comfortable <laughs> enough asking a guy out on a date. So, like, I do wait. And if they don't, then, like, we just don't meet up. So, logistically, what happened was I downloaded dating apps, I think, mid early September it's kind of a thing of even with text messages no one will text you back and then all of a sudden when you're busy everyone feels like texting you back really though so one person I wanted to see I tried to like kind of make a schedule like okay like when are you free this weekend and then they weren't really responding so 
kind of all the other ones were like, oh, like, let's meet up soon. Let's meet up next weekend, kind of that. So it kind of just accidentally happened that when you're on a dating app, at least in my experience, you match with people. Some people like you just continue talking on the app, talking on the app. And then some people are a little bit more like, okay, like let's meet up in person. And then some people it's kind of in between. These guys were all kind of in the mid range because I had all started talking to them around the same time. Mm -hmm. So they all kind of decided around the same time they wanted to meet up. So I had the choice of obviously either like making them wait weeks and weeks. But because as Angel said earlier, this was in October, my birthday's at the end of October and I did really want to see friends, family. I didn't want to risk it. So I knew I had to have all the days prior to 17 days. It's not two weeks. It's not 10 days. 17 days prior to seeing my friends. Yep. And family. So I knew it had to be that. And it was kind of just a thing of like, it's also COVID. No one's doing anything. So I didn't realize the toll it would take on me. And the last time I've ever, like not relationships, but when I kind of have met people off apps to kind of interact with and date with, I did a dinner on a Saturday and then a coffee the Sunday morning. I know it's a little counterintuitive. For me, I like dating first dates, like stacking them not obviously stacking them hours apart I think people who do that are complete assholes but I like doing them back to front because it kind of feels the only way I can kind of compare it right now is kind of like when we do a batch recording kind of doing (laughs) the same thing kind of getting the same thing over and over again but I'm still me in all the situations but I get to put me in a lot of different situations and prep and practice for me it's a reminder insert date here is not the end all be all of men of people who would want to date me of people I would want to date Mm-hmm. And rather than being like, oh, I went on one date. Is it going to go well? Do they want to date again? Like what's going to happen? I know the next night or 12 hours later, I have another one planned. So it's kind of just puts in perspective of this is a process. This isn't like a Cory and Topanga. You find the love of your life at a zoo at five. Oh, and you just know till you die. No, that's really true. I, I know that we've teased you a lot about this in the past few months, but I was thinking about it when I was prepping and I actually know like quite a few people who have done this and they just prefer to do it this way like when they know like what they're looking for or they're trying to figure out what they're looking for they schedule like multiple dates within a short period of time just to like see like what's going to work out and just try to I guess like settle it as fast as possible definitely I think especially kind of just going and meeting strangers whether it's a date whether it's an interview whether it's a friend whether it's like trying to transition a work friendship outside of work Mm -hmm. or a school friend outside of school it's always a bit awkward to kind of like make those jumps from one setting to another setting and then like from an app to real life so having kind of knowing I might not be like an experienced like dater relationship person but I now feel confident in my ability to like go on a first date and know what I like know what I don't like no signs of things but I think the real big thing is if you are taking the pandemic seriously and you're not doing virtual dates and you are meeting up in person the whole body language thing is a really hard thing to read and interact with I saw something I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before but it was some psychologist or teacher on TikTok so take it with a grain of salt but how kids who are doing virtual school and this is what they know are going to be delayed in their ability to read body language and signals because their zoom quality is not obviously the same as in person so kind of understanding and being able to interpret those signals is a bit harder kind of the same thing goes with dating it's like I don't know how many of those guys would have tried to kiss me if there was no pandemic I mean I can tell you there were probably only two I would have wanted to kiss back no one was going to try. And if they did try, I would have been like, you're an irresponsible person and I just would not want to date them for that reason. Oh my gosh, right? Very difficult. So I haven't been on a date since we've been in quarantine, but I don't know. That's something that I definitely – I haven't been on a date in almost a year, maybe a little over – no. Would the people you've associated with feel the same about that answer? That may be up for debate. By how many months? Okay, maybe six months, seven months. Goodness gracious, the majority. Okay, seven months. Okay, so I haven't been on a date in seven months. So I don't really feel like I understand what dating is like in quarantine. But I can just, oh, that's like so like cringy to imagine. On a regular basis, I have enough trouble like reading body language. Like I need someone to really spell it out for me. Like I like you. Can I get closer? Yeah. I think, well, it's just to think of like, think of it this way. You're like, at, you're not going to get drinks and you don't drink. But like being at, being at a bar atmosphere, 
just makes it lighter. There are people around. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing. You don't want to be anywhere isolated with strangers because catfish, but you also don't want to get like too close to other people because of pandemic. I know. Okay. You went on a lot of park dates. I did. What was that like? Like, did you have, like, did you sit in the circles? Did you, like, just walk around? Um, combination of both sitting and walking, I think. It seemed like they were getting antsy just sitting and I didn't mind walking. Okay. But I think, yeah, definitely, like, circles and not sitting too close. One guy was not as strict with the mask as I would have liked, but mine stayed on the whole time. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't as concern and it's like we were outside in the air and yeah I just I took a calculated risk the other thing that was really difficult is when I know I know Bumble started doing these Bumble benches because the thing is when you go to outdoor dining or restaurants do COVID safe dining they assume which is not an unlikely assumption the person you are sitting with is part of your bubble as part of your quarantine so although I was six feet away from all of the other tables People were closer. I tried my best to sit as far back from the person as possible. Tried to take up two tables, mm-hmm. but also being considerate of the wait staff. But it was definitely harder to do because they assume you're part of the bubble. So it's like I didn't want to get too close. I didn't want to because like you're unmasked when you eat if it's like in a restaurant. Right. Like, oh my God. Okay. So like you like to share food a lot and like that's completely off the table. So what was it like dealing with only one entree? I got chicken nuggets and fries. I was fine. And the other one oh, I got brunch awesome. and I ordered I ordered a very nice like deep fried mascarpone French toast, which I thought would not be nearly as heavy as it was, but I only finished half of it and it was like a freaking mountain to climb through because I was like, I don't want to order like the big plate of food, but I also like am hungry. So it was a difficult balance. And then it's like, I also didn't get a mimosa. I didn't get a drink just because I didn't think, I think he wanted to get a drink and like me not getting a drink, he didn't want to get a drink. And I feel like it probably would have like loosened things up a bit, but I just, I wasn't comfortable spending more time in the restaurant environment than I had to. Mm-hmm. No, that that definitely makes sense because I know when when you're sitting with someone in a restaurant right now, you're like, what, maximum maybe like three feet apart? Like if you're just sitting normally? Um, It depends. So I try to sit at the back of one of the kind of the outdoor sidewalk things. And so I went as far back as I could whenever I ate. And I like leaned back almost to the point where my chair would dip over when I was like physically taking a bite. And if I wasn't eating, my mask was on. But it, it was – I feel like I tried to keep it always like four to six feet, but definitely probably wasn't as much as I would have liked it to be. Post-restaurants, like when you're going on these walks, I know you're really prone to wearing heels, especially to further judge whether or not the heights described on the dating apps are accurate. But did you ever – Three and a half inch heel minimum. Oh my god. Did you ever consider wearing a flat shoe? Consider, yes. Execute, No. <laughs> Oh my god, did what happens if you like walked too far? Well, one of them I did and then sat on a corner and like tried to muster it up because the thing is he also had offered to walk me home. We were walking in my neighborhood kind of around mm-hmm. the block, but my feet hurt so much. I didn't want to like have to have him walk back with me because like I couldn't move. So I had someone pick me up and drive me home. Oh no. It's fine. It was like four blocks away. Okay. Like it was like <laughs> 10 blocks total, but in the heels, it just hurt. I wore hot. I wore like three and a, three and three quarters and they were taller ones with this one for some reason they matched my outfit better i think mm. okay so the outfits did you plan in advance what you were going to wear um no i it was like jeans and a sweater jeans and a top ankle boots i didn't repeat any outfits but i definitely like interchange things because also with covid you don't want to like re-wear dirty clothes, but I also didn't want to like right. get all my good jeans dirty. So we would air them out. So like every other date, I like would mix and match combinations for the weekends. Oh my gosh. Oh wait, I did wear flats on. No, actually I did wear, ooh, did I? I might've worn flats on one date actually thinking back on it. But I knew he was like 5'7", so it was fine. I can judge. For my thing is if they say they're taller than 5'9", I wear heels so that I can tell. And if they're shorter, which I typically don't like, I'll wear flats because I can tell from standing height. But one of our freaking friends who I was 100% sure was over six foot, like 100%. <laughs> we found out was 5'10", five, 5'10". Five, five, and now I'm five, like ten. completely screwed up. I already have terrible perception. The good news though is I now know I'm very confident in dating someone 5'10". Because <laughs> you felt like he was six foot. His proportions make him look six foot. Yeah, I felt like he was six foot. And proportions matter a lot. 
That is very true. So guys, please don't skip leg day anymore. Proportions matter. I mean, I would say just all swim. Imagine a swimmer's body and whatever you have to do at the gym to achieve that, do that. Hmm, That's a good one too. Okay, what were your dates wearing? Basically, this question is actually uh, like alluding to, did any of them show up in athleisure? No. Okay. All right. So they were all in jeans or pants of some sort. No one was in athleisure. No. All right. So that's a plus, right? I mean, that's not a plus. That's like a minimum. Like you don't show up to a first date in clothes you wore to the gym or could wear to a gym. Fairly true. Well, I don't know. Okay. How exactly are you defining athleisure? Like I, if these clothes make it physically easier for me to participate in tennis, badminton, bowling, running, yoga, CrossFit, any sort of physical activity that there is a class and or like an Olympic sport for, you should not be wearing it on a first date. Do sweatshirts qualify as athleisure? You get one piece. So if you're wearing a sweatshirt, your jeans better fit well. They better not be too long, too short. They better fit right with the belt if needed. And your shoes can't just be like basketball shoes. If you're wearing basketball shoes, again, jeans and a good polo, a good shirt, a pullover, a button down, something. You get one article of clothing. And if you're wearing a freaking hat, that's your one article of clothing (laughs) and your outfit better work out. Okay. I think the biggest problems with men's clothes, not men's clothes, because I know they make men's clothes, is that men just like don't wear clothes that fit. And I think this goes for both genders and just kind of my whole style thing in general. Wearing clothes that fit you closer to your body, no matter what your body is, will help accentuate certain parts and hide other parts versus when you wear clothes that are obviously too tight you'll look bigger and ill-proportioned when you wear clothes that are too big you look like a potato sack that is true and for men they look like man children because their clothes look like their mom picked them out very true there's nothing worse than like a guy that doesn't have like the properly proportioned shirt on yeah oh my god and don't wear a t-shirt that's too tight none of mine did but men do oh yeah no that's always really awkward yeah but no one was enough leisure okay would I not see them again? No, but like if that's if that's all they wore, I probably would. And I know that's kind of shallow, but I think I like I I believe in dressing for the occasion and I believe there's a certain way to dress for a lot of occasions. Jay would prefer her men to be as prepared as she is. No, that's too that I would pre- I would like my men to just look like a Gap commercial, a white t-shirt and jeans. And I don't think that's too much to ask. So you're asking them to bring back the James Dean look? Sure. You should know this. It's in a Taylor Swift song. I do. Wow, good job. Thank you. I do know. See, my thing is though it's like simple. I think both like just keep it simple simple clothes that fit well make you look more attractive and like you put the right amount of effort into a thing into an interaction into a date whatever all right that's fair i can agree with that i mean nothing's worse than when you show up and then someone actually like makes a comment about it in some way oh did anyone compliment your outfits yes oh my god okay what were these compliments i feel like men give like really great interesting compliments like they zero in on one thing that like you really wouldn't have thought of. I mean, I think it was like a lot of the like, oh, you look nice. Oh, but we can talk about how when I first got back on dating apps, three people complimented like my shoes. And we thought like, is it a foot fetish? But like two of them, I was in like shoes that covered my feet. So I just kept getting complimented on my shoes a lot, which was like a very odd thing. I think in the quarantine, everybody reached back to their youth and watched that one Drake and Josh episode where... I forget who it was taught Josh how to flirt and like the the compliment that he was told to give everyone was like nice shoes and then just walk away. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. I don't know. Maybe that was it. Everyone's like, oh, like, I mean, one, your outfits are cute. Yes, they normally do. But it was like the shoe thing that was really weird. And one of them, I was in sandals. So I was like, oh my God, do you have like a foot fetish? Like this is really uncomfortable. But it wasn't that. Because we kept talking about shoes afterward, and it wasn't like a foot fetish thing. It was just an odd way to start. Are you gay? And if you're gay, like, I'm completely okay with that. Just I'd rather not, like, try to date you. Was this guy or any of the other guys just really into their own shoes? Some of them were. Sweetie, he and I talked about shoes a lot, and he was asking about, like, what my dream pair of shoes were, which obviously are Louboutins, and he talked about all these sneakers, and I was telling him about my friends who were more sneaker-heady. So, like, some people, like, I, I did just have conversation with shoes about – I also think like guy shoes are really hard. So I'm always curious with what they wear because I think guy shoes are harder than girl shoes. Oh my God, they really are. Also, just the guys that have like 20 pairs of the same 
shoe. They just, they look almost the same, but they're all just like slight different variations of color and they can explain it to you. I'm fine with that. I know. It's, it's fascinating. Like, I don't even think I'm like that. No, you just want all the shoes. That's true. Every color, every brand, every size. Mm -hmm. Okay. So actually, are you ready for a bit of a rapid round to help us understand your dates more? Let's hear it. Okay. So I'm going to ask you questions and then you need to tell me which of your dates you associate this with and then you can give me a brief description if you'd like. Okay. Who were you most excited to meet? Sweetie. Who looked better in person? Tesla. Who looked better in photos? Ooh. I haven't pulled up their profile since October. (laughs) I'm going to go with maybe Wall Street just because like there was like a grad photo in there and whenever there are photos of like guys in suits or at weddings, they just look better. Okay. I get that. Who surprised you? Teach. Which I think I also left him off the list when we went through the original seven. There's another one who wants to be a teacher. I call them teach. The end. Okay, yeah. I meant to come back to that because there's teach, but then like chef, like you indicated was actually a teacher. So I was very confused. He taught like in not like Teach for America, but like one of those like international like translating programs where you can live in other countries. Teach like wants to be a high school teacher. Oh. And he's also the one who wants the aquarium. Oh. Based on one of his teachers who like had an aquarium and was really into it. So I thought that was cool. He's also the one with seven sisters. Oh, wow. I feel like as only children, we could just do an entire thing on like, what's it like to have sisters? Sibling. Really though. Do any of your friends have multiple siblings? Yes. I'm trying to think. No, no, no. I think everyone I know is like a two parent, like two kid max. Yeah. Most of my friends, if they have siblings, they have a sibling. Oh, wow. No, I I definitely know a few people that are like three to five. I mean, that's what I want. So I should probably meet some of them to see how my kids are going to be screwed up and how. Oh, okay. Sounds good. Oh, okay. What was the best get to know you question you were asked? Um, I like one of the guys are like, what are you looking for? And I feel like it's a bit direct. And I think some people could like, look at it as a little bit abrasive. I liked it because I feel like when you ask a question like that, you want, I mean, I think you want to know the answer. And I think that it's a really nice way to kind of feel out a person based on what your response is and then how they respond back. Mm-hmm. And I think being on a dating app, some people are looking for a bunch of different things. So just like good to kind of start that early on the same footing. That's true. Surprisingly, I've heard from a lot of people that Tinder is the app where they get asked this question the most. Well, yeah, because Tinder is known just for hookups. True. Mostly. But like surprisingly, it's like it's coming from both sides that like they're looking for something more substantial. But then why are you on Tinder? Hence my questioning. Um, oh, did anyone overshare with you? That's a very pointed question and you know you know the answer. Wait, do I? Yeah. You know you know Oh no, I was I was drawing from my personal experience when I thought when I thought that one up. Needy was far Are you kidding? Oh, okay. You know the story. Okay. You know the stories. All right. You know know the stories. Okay. All right. We know who the oversharer was. Did anyone give you too much information on their past relationships? Not too much information, but I think only if you brought them up. Okay. All right. That's that's pretty good. I don't think it was too much. And I think think something I heard on one of my other favorite podcasts that I love from a YouTuber and her boyfriend who have a podcast that I love listening to that he said that I just thought was really interesting, especially from like a guy's perspective is like, wait for the other person to bring up their ex rather than asking and then see how they speak about them because if like they bring it up unpromptedly like often like that might be a sign that they're not over them or a sign in any direction definitely so I think that one of them I brought it up accidentally because I thought he asked me like what happened in my last relationship he didn't he was asking me my favorite he was asking me my favorite type of wine but we were in a busy park music was playing (laughs) so I answered the wrong question he's like what I'm like oh I'm so sorry like I heard this and like the guy from the previous day had also asked me that question so I like clearly made a wrong association oh my god it's fine we talked about it and it was like cool on both sides wait did you make this association because you were on a date in the same place no okay (laughs) no I didn't I just like swear I heard yeah I don't even know what I heard but it was loud it was during the day all right I mean that's fair it happens okay should we actually mark that as like the embarrassing moment of the week probably okay oh wait hold on that okay that is or when I started asking the same guy the same questions because like he wasn't bringing anything to the table and I got bored so I started repeating questions from like 
my recruitment handbook that I had already asked and forgot. I'm like, oh my god. Oh no. And then he kept trying to make the date go longer. I'm like, it's like 8.30. We're not talking about anything new. You're not bringing anything to the table. And I'm bored. And this is the guy who didn't tip. So all in all, I was ready to go home. Mm, yeah. That was also my double. Everyone's going to be, if it's seven dates and, I mean, oh no, eight days and seven days. Yeah. So I doubled up on the first Saturday. I did a coffee date in the morning where we ran into my AP psych teacher and I made him wait while I talked to my AP psych teacher because he was one of my favorite teachers (laughs) in high school. And then I went on a date that Saturday night with the guy who didn't tip. Okay. Wait. So this was needy and cheap. Yes. Okay. So how did Needy react when you had him wait so you could talk to your psych teacher? He was pretty good about it. He talked with the friend person my teacher was with. Okay. All right. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. It's better than – That was the high point. Sta- oh. Oh. Yeah. Needy. Okay. So wait. So when like the o- – when the oversharing was happening, how did you respond? Like did you so have to lean into thing. it or did you like find a way to segue out? Okay, well, here's the thing with oversharing. It wasn't it wasn't oversharing of, like, when we were hanging out and the conversations we were having. There were a lot of similarities, actually. It was more the oversharing of the progression at which he viewed things happening with us that I was uncomfortable with on multiple occasions. And here's something which I just – I have a problem with and my friends have tried to help me figure out how to course correct. I – I'm trying not to make this sound like I'm not trying to give myself credit here, but if someone, a date, a friend, anyone I'm interacting with is very passionate about something and likes talking about that, I like to listen. I like to learn. I like to observe. So I will engage with the topic. If someone's like, oh my God, you know what I'm really into? Fortnite. Like, and I'm like, oh, like I know I've played like a few times, but like tell me about it. Like, what about this? What do you think of these features? I try to pull from anything in my memory bank I have and I try to engage. I've now been informed. That in doing so, I could be – the thing is, like, it's a hard balance of it's, like, how someone interprets what I'm sharing is not my problem to deal with. However, I also do want to be respectful of not – of trying to make sure my intentions are clear. And I think I'm trying to figure out that balance right now, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I completely agree with you. I think that when someone is passionate or really excited about something, then you want to keep that going because you want to learn what they're interested in. And that's really great. That's what everyone should do in any kind of conversation. But I think that like where that whole disconnect happens is that when you continually ask questions and like really keep the conversation going, it gives the other person a unrealistic expectation of what your future conversations will be like. Because at that point, the more you're questioning, the more you're carrying the conversation and you're easing them into a space of comfortability. That too. And then something else was brought up by one of them. I have a problem about X. And I'm all for self-awareness and I think it's good when you're a self-aware person and you're trying to be more self-aware as I am, you are, most people should try to be. However, it's another thing to be, it's like, Angela, I have a problem that I talk when I eat. Are you saying, hey, Angela, I talk when I eat and I hope you can grow to love me for that? Or hey, I talk when I eat and I'm trying to break the habit. I'm sorry if it shows through. Like those are two very different statements being made and kind of when you just leave it at, hey, I do X, it's kind of like, and you're trying to work on it or you're telling me take it or leave it. Right. I know. I actually um, – I saw an entire dating series on TikTok that addressed that recently. And this woman was trying to show that, like, when that happens, like, it's okay to, like, completely call your date. So she went through, like, all of these examples of, like, the different scenarios similar to that. You mean call out your date? No, like, to call it off. Like, to say, like, you know, oh. like, we're, we're kind of done here. Like, not – not in a rude way, but just a way to like end the night early or something like that. Cause it's like at this point, it's like if you know that they're not necessarily like committed to the growth, they're just comfortable like being where they are in a space that will potentially make you or other people feel uncomfortable or what's 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 the other word I'm looking for? I don't know. We're sticking with uncomfortable for now and we'll see. Like if it's just like if it's in a space where they're just they're not looking to truly better themselves they just want you to like fall in line with them it's okay Mm -hmm. to move on from that god I can't ever imagine I definitely also like there are certain areas where I need to work on my own advocacy I definitely like didn't call any of my dates like call them off like I kind of waited for it to fizzle out and be like oh I have to go home I have to do this like I was never the one to be like 
okay, I have to leave now. That terrifies me. Oh, you don't cover your dates? No. I start every first date by saying, hey, I'm really sorry. I forgot. I have X planned at this time, which is usually about an hour to an hour and a half after we've met up. Oh, no. So that way I, I have an out. Or then I can say like, oh, yeah, like I'll cancel it. Or like it's it's kind of flexible. I can be a little late. Oh, no, never. But what I did learn, which is a tip I think that is a great one to use, is try to park at a parking meter. <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. Then, because that's a good temper for that. I mean, that's a legitimate temper of like, oh, like especially in the Bay Area, our little meter cops love to get people. Oh my god! Especially in like the highly saturated neighborhoods where you go on dates. So like parking at a meter is like the perfect excuse for like, oh shoot, I'm gonna run out of the meter. I'm sorry, I have to go. Wait, does that? That was my best tip. That's like the best thing I've learned. From from this career, it's like always park at a parking meter. Especially, I don't know if your area has this yet, but they now have like different zones for parking meters. So you might put in like $2 at one parking meter and that gets you two hours. You might put in $2 in another one and it only gets you 45 minutes. I pay with my credit card and I just do the time. I don't really know how much I'm getting charged. Oh, okay. It's fine. I have my travel credit from my Chase card that is not being very utilized this year. Oh my gosh, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, who impressed you the most? Tesla. Why? Because he he's an immigrant, very impressive, like PhD getting very – he's a very computer-y space worker person. And I think his goals are – he's very clear in his career goals. He's very – he's like trying to teach himself to cook. He was like very much like the jack of all trades, very smart, very interested in a lot of things and like – seemed proficient in a lot of things and dressed well. Okay, so he was like a truly well-rounded person. Yes. Okay. All right, so who was your favorite date from this week? Probably Teach was my favorite. Once it kind of like got into away from the like, oh, like, where are you from? What's your home life? Like, why do you do this? Like, what do you like? Like, when we started talking about like the aquarium and his background and kind of similar things that we had in common, it was like the easiest to kind of continue conversation. And we both were making efforts to carry on conversation Mm -hmm. rather than kind of, so do you have anything else to say? And it was a very awareness of wanting to communicate and learn about each other as opposed to, I'm going to talk and monopolize this whole time about me, or I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions and essentially interview you for an hour and a half. Mm, yeah both of those are really awkward and they happen a lot especially on first dates i know well especially during quarantine because like i said what what to you and i mean just to flip this around it's like think of it logically what to you differentiates a first date from an interview like other than the setting like what to use the difference i get to wear more comfortable clothing okay that's but like think of Yeah, like that's honestly probably it, I think. Especially just even thinking about the last interview that I went on, I sat with a person for two and a half hours and talked about everything in like my outside personal life as well as like my background and what the job would be like. And like the only thing that would have made it a date is if he kissed you at the end. So like- Oh dear God. (laughs) Well, no, but that's- my point, the, dif- the the line of differentiation is very hard and without a kind of the physical touches, nudges, walking closer, choosing to be in each other's space consensually, mm-hmm. when that's taken out, yeah, it's, it's like recruitment or like an interview. No, especially when you don't have like an activity to go along with it either, like, uh, like a mini golf or a movie or yeah. something like that. Definitely, definitely. It's kind of like I feel to me the best comparison is in a Gilmore Girls episode called Women of Questionable Morals where they're trying to find a woman who seduced a general to help win the revolution. Um, The man in charge of selecting the woman, not – it's like very, very moderately like giving you creepy Harvey Weinstein vibes on a very, 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 very – very minimal level but kind of like steep like light version Mm -hmm. he was asking them to give their best come hither looks which is kind of all you have you can smize because you have the dang mask on so like there's no way to also signal whether the the date is going well or not and then it goes back to the conversation and then it goes back to me being too engaged so we can see where that vicious cycle continues Uh, i feel like at this point as dating and quarantine continues you or like other people are going to have to potentially like pull a move from abigail from the bachelor this season right oh 
love Abigail. So when she like, like pulls the, the ear pulling. Yeah. When she pulls That's Matt cute. James aside and she's like, oh, like, you know, just I want you to know like when we're on group dates and stuff, if I adjust my earring, like means I'm thinking of you, like I'm saying hi. But I think that's weird on like a first date. Kind of. But I think as it as it goes on, that's like kind of like what happens because I, I I don't know. It's like these were all first dates, so you didn't have to think about it. But just like when you're going to let someone into like your personal bubble, mm-hmm. you have to think about like the timeline of that. Definitely. I feel like one of the things that I love, I mean, I just think is great in general is I, I mean, this doesn't work for me in multiple ways. One, my name is Jay and I go by Jay like the letter because people often confuse it with Jen, Jennifer, Janice, Jade, Jane, Jan, whatever. My name gets confused. So I say J like the letter. So people are like, oh, like just J. It's like, yes. So nicknaming, I think it's great when like guys think of nicknames, whether they're playful, whether before dating, after dating friendships, I think nicknames are really great. And I love when someone has like, I mean, I guess I would say like the creativity the like does it. Or I love like when they call you by your last name. My last name again is not a great one to be <laughs> called. My thing is like, I love, especially for girls, like I love how Rory called Logan Huntsberger or on other shows how like they'll call go by their last name I just think that's really nice and playful when you're able to nickname and think of those kind of little things for each other I think like that's a sign of a good foundation Mm -hmm. I don't know well I agree and I disagree like I think it's good when you can get to that point you know my issues with over familiarity and nicknames yeah I do well here's the thing I think it's different when it's a shortening of your name. It's like calling you Angie instead of Angela. I can understand. Or calling you AVO instead of Angela when someone doesn't know you. But how like Logan called Rory Ace, I feel like it's a different situation. I think it's different when they come up with a nickname for you based on your likes, dislikes, interests. They're trying to be a little bit cheeky. And when they decide to alter your birth name. Uh, true. Okay. I get that. I still feel like I would want like- I don't know. Overall, that's where my line of like over familiarity would be. Yeah. I still feel like I would want some overall like confirmation before that started, but I, I can see it. Okay. And sorry, our rapid round did not actually go very fast, but it's okay because I feel like we're learning a lot here. I'm glad. <laughs> Who do you think is most likely to hit you up again? Probably none of them. A few of them. Okay. So here's like the other thing I came into terms with. I said thank you to some or all of them. I know people are like go back and forth with whether you should say thank you. I don't care whether that means they never text me again. I think it's rude not to say thank you after going on a date, especially if they pay. I think it's rude to like hold out to hope that they'll send you something to hang out. I don't have time for that. Um, Some of them, it's kind of, I find this awkward. I'm sure whoever listens to this might give me some insight and I would very much appreciate it. I may have ghosted some of them, meaning like they stopped, they kept texting me and I just like stopped responding at some point. But the thing that's hard is like you go out on one date and whether it goes well or it doesn't and they're kind of, you're just casually texting and then it's like you kind of decide like, eh, not really into that. I don't want to like be like, hey, like it was nice meeting you, didn't work out. But it's like, I don't have that. I don't want to make it sound like I had think, I think they had so much weighing on this, but I also don't want to be, I don't like ghosting people, but I feel I have done it a few times if it considers ghosting after that short amount of time, because I mean, in fact, I did just stop texting them, but it was also a thing of the conversations were fading. The last response I got was like, oh yeah, like, or cool. It's kind of like a hard balance. Do I owe you an, I mean, I don't owe anyone an explanation, but it's like trying to be formful and mindful of like, what's a way to be, I had a nice time. I'm not feeling it, but it was only one date. I feel like I'm talking in circles now. So it's just trying to figure out a way to like not ghost, but also not, I don't want them to think there's more invested than there was or I had more invested or that they had more invested. I'm done talking now. I, I I understand what you're saying. Like I think that when, especially when you get into places where the conversation is fading, I think that's more just like maybe like even a mutual slow fade from both of you, in which case there's sort of like an unspoken understanding of like, we're not taking this any further. I feel like very rarely our understanding's mutual in most situations. Really? Yes, I think we are terrible at communicating and I think with the internet and social media, I'll go, I'll be a boomer for a hot minute. I think communication's getting worse and people feel more isolated ever, even though there's more to connect with and at our fingertips. And I think quarantine's exacerbated that. Yes. 
No. Okay. So yes, like I had a huge issue with this. I felt like I was actually like being pulled in like too many directions, like at the beginning of quarantine in terms of communication. So I actually became a horrible communicator. And like, I then had to like rethink and like restructure the ways that I was communicating with family and friends. So I, I get that. But I think in terms of dating, especially after one date, I feel that if no one's really making another move to ask for a second date, it's sort of understood by both of you that you're, you're not going out again. I mean, frankly, if I, if I ever leave a date and nobody has like asked for a second one or asked if I'd like to do it again, I I don't really think that they're asking for a second date or that they want to go on one. Like, did that happen to you? Was there anyone who, like, didn't specifically ask for a second date, but, like, really was trying to further your conversations? Um, A few were. One did say, oh, would you like to do this again? And I said yes. And he was one of the ones I stopped texting. But, like, he didn't bring it up in text again. He just, like, said it in person at the end. But the other thing was he doesn't live in the same city I live in, and he wanted to do something, like, kind of nature And my issue with doing something nature in this time is isolation and like not wanting to get kidnapped and like cabined in the woods that's definitely fair yeah but no one who asked for a sec like there was no one there were people I talked to but no one I talked to a few after but none of them like continued very far Mm -hmm. or I didn't continue very far I didn't engage very much there's no one that like you're still friends with or anything like did anyone ask to be friends um one did and then they got we kind of stopped texting I think it's kind of I think especially under kind of these quarantine circumstances, I think it's hard to create friendships when you're already having trouble sustaining the ones you have socially distant, Mm -hmm. that making new friends is just kind of odd. I mean, maybe after quarantine, we'll see, but I don't, as of now, no. Okay. All right. Well, we'll have to do a follow-up. Eh, maybe. All right. I'll do a personal follow-up. Got it. Um, Okay. So just like going back to the safety feature there, like you have to think about COVID and then you also have to balance just like the regular everyday thought of like, will the stranger that I met on the internet kidnap me? So like- Share your location with everyone and tell everyone to check in at increments. And if they don't hear from you to send certain messages to check. Yes. There's no reason an hour to an hour and a half, you don't have time to pull your phone out to go to the bathroom or something. Tell someone whether it's good, bad, ugly, that you're still alive. But no, I made sure all of my friends knew when I was going to the dates when I was ending the dates and they checked in periodically throughout. Just And then with COVID, I think you just need to be very clear. I think when someone's like, oh, do you want to go for a drink? It's like, actually, I'm not comfortable with that. I think it's better than saying like, yeah, and then like not take your mask off and just like stand there awkwardly while they drink a beer. Like, I think it's weird. I think if they have a problem with that, there's no reason why I'd want to go on a date with you mm-hmm. right now anyway. Like maybe after the pandemic, but there's no reason why I'm going to put my safety at risk for someone I've never met unless I think you're my soulmate. Right. No, and especially too, just going back to the texting, if the person that you're with isn't like a fan of like you just like quickly replying to a message, just let your friends know you're okay. That's not cool. I've never had anyone have a problem with that. Yeah, I don't think I've had that either. That'd be really odd to have a problem with that. I know. I feel like I would just walk away. I'd be like, there's definitely something fishy going on. Leave me alone. Mm. And then just with COVID, did you, did anyone ask you to get tested before you met? Anyone ask you like your, no. for, your isolation status or anything? No. But I think when I made it clear, I will only go on these dates under certain circumstances. It was clear I've, I'm out partying in Mexico, but I need to make sure you're not going to expose any of my friends who I'm seeing all the time. So I think that most people understood when I was saying, I said like, I've been taking this very seriously. So whatever for them meant seriouser than they were taking it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, do you, do you feel like you would have felt comfortable asking any of them? Like if they had like negative test results, like recent negative test results or anything? Um, I wouldn't have minded do asking them, but I felt like I was doing it in the safe way I've been seeing my family and I was really cognizant of the way I was going to behave on these dates. So if I had anything like of getting closer to any of them, I would have probably done that. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of like an introduction, so I didn't feel the need to. All right. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that if your dates had progressed, would you have asked? Probably. Okay. No, I think that that's just sort of like a good rule of thumb, like especially when you get to the part where people are like inviting you over, like, do you want to hang out in my backyard? Do you want to come watch a movie? Yeah. Might be nice to know. Definitely. All the clicking. I, I know. Sorry, that was my pen. So after Datathon and 
having this time to see the different people, see the different dating styles. What do you think? Is there anything new that you've discovered that you like or don't like? Parking meters. Always park at a parking meter. <laughs> um, in terms of kind of reading people, I think something I need to get better at is kind of being aware of my engagement level. I think it's definitely a thing of don't not engage with them, but I think something I've been told is to engage on a more superficial level on more things rather than kind of like really find interest in what they're passionate about, which kind of sucks because like I care. I think it's interesting what people are passionate about, but also to prevent certain situations from repeating and or my intentions getting misread again. I know it's not my job to do, but I also would like to try to prohibit what I can right now. Just trying to engage in a more mindful way and kind of read what they're reading and also I not give a pass but I feel I give people a lot of chances at the beginning like I'll give them a chance like I said earlier the way I swipe because I feel when you swipe on someone you're it's like you literally pass them for half a second and you don't really get to see them and men also can't take very good pictures of themselves so like I'll give a pass there and then after the first day it's like oh well they were nervous and although I'm still gonna leave room for that there are certain things like if I don't feel attracted to them, I'm probably not going to feel attracted to them the next day. So there's no point in me trying to justify certain behaviors and or things that I did didn't like that could grow or could get better. I just have to believe that there are people out there who will kind of spark things faster and try to find those people, I guess. Here, here. And now to close us out, Jay, as we discovered recently, about 40% of our listenership is male. <laughs> so 53 if you're going off Spotify. Oh, okay. All right. So more than half of our listeners are currently male. So <laughs> or please describe your perfect date, COVID quarantine safe or otherwise. Okay, let's not go quarantine because like that's not going to be very fun. Also, sorry, before I will explain that, but something else that I just think is just interesting about me, I didn't want to do any Zoom FaceTime dates. I not pushed for in person, but I was more comfortable with in person because I had a problem with someone seeing my house and seeing my space since this has literally been my space for the past eight months. I know a lot of people felt more comfortable like well, just doing virtual dates. But for me, it left room for one, for me to get distracted and two, for me to, if like a date went bad and I was sitting on my couch and then it's like, I don't want to like associate like this with that date. Like one of the reasons I started doing this, I lie about my favorite brunch spots for guys when I used to go on like in-person dates. Cause I'm like, if I tell them my real spot and then this date tanks, I can't come back here. Oh, totally. One, what if they come here now? And two, I tell them like good places, but I don't tell them like my favorite favorites. Like there are two places I will never, ever tell a date. I'm going to save them on here because the odds that, oh shit, I can't. They're in the city I live in. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> there are two very great brunch places that I go to. They're my top tier. One is really good quality and really good food. And one's more of like kind of the trendy brunch with like the caramelized bacon and the deep fried French toast and more like fusion notes to it good job very subtle thank you right my perfect date <laughs> okay we're going non-covid something else that i learned is like i probably should stop going on dates during the day because apparently that like leaves more room to like extend it but at the same time i don't want to meet up at night i'm tired i'm someone who loves to be in bed by 10 30 and if i go on a date with someone earlier then you just let them i'm gonna like plans after the date we'll, we'll we'll see if you can help me advocate and work on that okay I think probably I like I ideally do like a date with food not just because you get to see kind of the whole reach for the check mentality but you can also have a long time to see how they interact with staff. I think it's really important that the person you go on a date with has table manners, is polite to the wait staff, mm -hmm. tips well. I think I understand we're all in our own positions but hypothetically he tipped well, Tesla tipped very well. But knowing that Tesla owns a Tesla and is in a financial situation where he can tip and if he didn't, I definitely would have taken off marks for that. It's one thing like when you're in college and you're a broke college student, I don't think you can hold the same standard. But when you know someone's in a field where they're making a lot of money and then they don't tip well, I don't appreciate that, especially during a pandemic when you're fortunate enough to still be working. 
tip well. Mm-hmm. So I like restaurants. And then I think I like, like walking off my food because like the food gives you energy and then you have energy. <laughs> yeah, I just think like I'll walk somewhere, like walking around and like getting to talk and get to know each other more. And ideally like a meal involved and then a very graceful bow out. But I'm not great at transitions. It's all right. We can work I don't on know. that and we I'm can simple. find someone who's great with transitions. I don't know. I have a chip on my shoulder my whole life for being told I'm relatively high maintenance. But the thing is about me, at least the way I see it, I will pack my suitcase to the max weight limit, but I don't expect anyone else to carry it. I'm high maintenance in the terms of like, I like certain things to my standard and I have high standards, but I don't expect other people to enable and or contribute to those standards in which I have for myself, if that makes sense. That is very fair. And I can attest that she does carry her own suitcase. I've seen it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So wait, this I just thought of this. So like cheap didn't tip. Correct. So, okay, did he actually ask you to split the check too? He paid for me. One of Some of the other guys didn't pay for me, but I would have rather him not paid for me and tipped. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How do you feel about splitting the check in general? I'm fine with it. I think one of the – like, I'm fine with splitting the check. I'm fine. Relationship, friendship, whatever, don't go into a situation you cannot afford to be in. And that's just in general, whether it's a vacation, whether it's a drink, whether it's a brunch, whether it's a coffee. You should never go in expecting someone else to pay for you or you just shouldn't be in that situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's a bit classist of me or some situations I privilege I'm unaware of. But I think that putting yourself in that situation when it's not feasible just isn't great to begin with. I think I am of the how I met your mother kind of like always have your credit card ready, be willing to Venmo, but kind of let them pay. I, I think also the thing that's interesting with COVID is kind of like the whole joke, the misogynistic, oh, like, oh, are you, um, are we sleeping together? No. Oh, well, then split it with me isn't really valid because of the safety precautions and the things around COVID. Right. So I think that's just interesting to put into effect. I think similarly, but to me, reaching for the check is the only thing. Needy on the first date, not only did I pay for my own coffee, but then I had to walk back to my car because he's like, oh, I live in the other direction versus the other guys who didn't pay or who did pay and then walked me to my car. It was during the day, but I think there are other ways to show the same kind of reach for the check mentality that aren't physically reaching for the check. And I think financially, it's especially with COVID, everyone's going through hard times. So I don't think as much of that. But yeah, if you can afford to pay for my meal, don't pay for my meal and tip. No, I think that's a I think that's a really good rule of thumb because I mean I feel like I would rather know that we're splitting it because then if you don't tip at least I am. Yeah, especially in these times. Mm-hmm. So, do you think you're going to be on dating apps anytime soon? I go back and forth of like yes and no. Currently in California, COVID cases are up. The vaccines are getting distributed, and in three days, in my personal, like I said, unsolicited opinion in our new intro. I am hoping our new president will start rolling out vaccines faster. And I know apparently we just ran out of one because someone didn't order enough because God forbid we order enough for every citizen of this country rather than just a certain demographic who don't even want it. I digress. I think I want to, but I also think waiting for the vaccine at this point just kind of makes sense. I don't think I'll wait too much longer, but I also have goals in relation to still getting a job working on this podcast, developing certain tech skills that I'm working on. So it's not my priority. And I still also haven't seen my family recently because of the the higher regulations. And when it comes to do I want to go see my family for a few hours or do I want to go on a date? I'd rather see my family. It might change also after February. Angela is much more aware of the whole kind of cuffing season and calendar way all of that goes. So maybe things will change kind of come around March post Valentine's Day. I just think dating now is an awkward time because if you start talking now, you're going to be like right in time for Valentine's Day. And that's like, I don't want to. It's just odd. So maybe when this comes out, we will put in the show notes whether or not I have redownloaded dating apps or not. I know. I was just going to say, is this the wrong time to bring up Tinder Passport? Actually, can, can we talk about this? I know that dating apps are kind of like a weird subject. Why are dating apps a weird subject? Oh, well, whenever I hear other people on podcasts talk about them, they're always like, unnamed dating app because we don't want to get in trouble. Oh, I think most people don't name the dating app because they sponsor people. <laughs> I mean, I know most people don't name them because certain ones sponsor oh. podcasts, so they'd rather not give the kudos until they're getting paid. Oh, got it. It's fine. We're still figuring this out. So is this the right or wrong time to talk about Tinder Passport as an option for you? Um, I'm open. Like, I'm open. I'm not against it. I'm also not super. I don't currently feel like I have 
the right kind of energy to exude of wanting to meet other people in any capacity. So I don't really want to be on a dating app. Okay. But I think after, maybe by the time this comes out, my opinions will have changed. It'll be after Valentine's Day, which is kind of the whole lead up that makes everything really awkward and uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I know. Like this is that really strange time on dating apps right now where people are like, oh my God, you like the color blue? I like the color blue. Obviously we're soulmates. I've never been on dating apps around this time. Oh, it's terrible. I don't know what you're speaking of. Would you like to elaborate? Oh, well, I mean, I just think that right now, like this weird time where like, especially with New Year's resolutions, even though I know that those have like technically been canceled, people still like make them in some degree. And when a lot of people are like, oh, like I want to get out there. I want to meet more people. I want to date more. Like you get a lot of eagerness on dating apps that is not necessarily like driven by their interest in you as a person but like in their interest to open themselves up to more people is that bad not necessarily but it just it occasionally you get caught in this weird limbo of like needing to figure out does he really like me or does he really like that he's talking to more people than he did last year at this time got it okay i understand that yeah so it's just the intention which I mean is true really at any time of the year whenever you're dating. But I feel like right now it's just at this like heightened frenzied state. True. I can see that. Mm -hmm. I also just don't understand the need to like want to date on Valentine's Day. What's the rush? Like why? I mean, I guess to each their own, but what in society has conditioned you that you need someone on this particular day in February to validate your existence as opposed to any other day of the year? At least that's how I see it. I don't know. Maybe I'm a little sadistic, masochistic. Greeting card company. Yep. Yeah. No, I agree. It's like, show me show me a super special time on any other day except for Valentine's Day. Yeah. It'll mean more. Like, you know, acknowledge it in some way. It can be like a real, like it can even be a really small way, but like, you know, save like the big things for something else. See people, I'm not the high maintenance one. I want a simple brunch and a walk. I know. It's secretly me. Angela wants big things, trips, diamonds, chocolate statues in her honor. Oh, I was thinking more like a deep dish pizza because that's a pretty With big truffle thing. truffle on top? Ooh. Or truffle mac. Oh, my God. Okay. I actually just saw this thing on the Food Network. It's a mac and cheese pancake. So they literally like throw the pancake batter down and then they put macaroni and cheese on top of it. And so when they flip it, it's half pancake. Is the pasta cooked? Yeah, it's cooked. Yeah. I don't I don't know where they make this. I saw it in a commercial, so I need to look it up and like find out which show was actually showing this. But looks awesome. That could even be the big thing. You you all will find what when I mainly refer to big things, they're mostly food. Or food adjacent. Sounds about right. Yep. And on that note, thank you for listening to today's episode of In Omnia Paratus. Don't forget to like, download, and subscribe. Great. Boomer. But until then, head on over. Don't for don't forget to rate, download, and subscribe. But for now, grab your coffee bowls and head on over to at InOmniapod on Instagram to let us know what you thought of today's episode. Bye. Bye.